This is part two of the Lighthouse Leadership Panel Discussion with Alexi Fay, CEO of Communet, Clint Adams, CEO of WaterPro and Railways, Brad Mills, General Manager of National Pharmacies. In this episode, or the second half of the panel discussion, these leaders give their top tips to new and up-and-coming leaders. This one's a great one. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife, and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team, and your business. Let's go. So in terms of your own leadership style, do you have someone or many someones that you've followed? Do you have a book that you've read? You know, what is it that you model your leadership off of? So the 12 immutable laws that we talked about before were were taken from Mike McCallowitz's book, The Pumpkin Plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a very valuable book for anyone that I guess is... It's probably for any stage of business, to be honest. I read that. I went through a period where I read a lot of books. Well, I don't read books. I listen to the audio, but I listened to a lot of books, probably 40 or 50 books over the period of a year. And then I felt like I got the gist of the entire world's books. There's no, there's only so many books the world can have. And I think we've run out. So that's it now. In saying that, I'll probably write a book and be one of the million. But um, you'll see Gary V stuff all here. Yeah. Gary V's style is probably most in line with mine. And I think it wasn't so much a that I that I was necessarily learning from him. I, it was more that uh, watching him and engaging with his content gave me permission to continue to be me. I think for a lot of it, you read a book and then you change your leadership style because the book says that you should do this. I f- I preferred that by listening to Gary V. I was like, hang on, I know what I'm doing. I just need to do it. But there's plenty. There's heaps of books, and I've yeah. There's that that pumpkin plan book was really good. Mike McCallowitz is a good writer or a good, he reads his own books as well. And so does Gary Vee. All his books are good. So yeah, very good. I think that's um, super valid. So yeah, there's definitely no one size fits all when it comes to leadership. And I know Lex and I had a conversation about this just yesterday around picking and choosing the bits that work and throw away the bits that don't. And sometimes mm. even your own leadership style can be born from the things that you don't want to be, which mm. is really probably a lot easier to identify with as well. So to all our leaders that are listening, you know, there is no one set right way to do it you've got to do you find the clarity um, and create your own leadership vision and then just carry on and uh, you do you so one thing that i talk about a lot on my socials and through my emails and and when i'm talking to leaders is the fact that we're literally living through history at the moment so i'll try and stick clear of the words unprecedented crisis and pivot because i think we're overusing them and using them in the wrong wrong context but what i am actually finding remarkable at the moment is the fact that we like this we're making history right now we're always making history but this is probably going to get get in the books and generations from now we'll be looking back and i think there's actually something really remarkable about the fact that we get to witness this time in our lives so whenever there's change or whenever there's crisis or something that we need to relook at and it can be it can be a global pandemic or it could be something that's much much smaller and much more closer to your own organization but it does give us a really good opportunity to stop sit back and actually relook at things that we've doing uh, that we've been doing it, you know the 
the biggest blocker to any change is the it's the way we've always done things and the entire country and the entire world has been given a chance now to stop and relook at how we're doing everything and how we're running our business how we're running our teams how we're communicating so with everything that's recently happened Lexis is a, of course, a COVID-19 related question. Now that you're working remotely, is there anything that's sort of radical that you're doing now as part of Communet or is there, what's the silver lining that's come out of this? Uh, look, it's, uh, it feels hard to talk about that at the moment because we've, we've had the luxury of being an essential player ourselves. We provide tech support to a series of aged care facilities, a series of hospitals and to one of the health authorities in the state. So we've had busier months than we'd seen for months previously. So that's been our own little silver lining. But interestingly, it's been some of the cultural conversations. We're an open plan, co-located office. And so you think that drives a behavioural piece that says everybody talks to each other. We're, we're one team. We don't have business development team. We don't have sales targets. We just work together for the benefit of the business. But what's been really interesting to identify is by using tools remotely as the primary comms, I've actually started to see more pockets of cross-team engagement and collaboration happen than was happening in the office. And I think on reflection, it's that in the office, and Brad, you made the comment earlier that you would stand up over your desk and talk to someone next to you because that's the, the, the physical location you're in. And so that was almost causing an isolation from other teams in the office, even though we're all open plan and we have a shared lunchroom. This type of conversation has meant that all teams are getting together regularly, people are starting to converse. And I'm seeing through the chatter and the, so, and the conversations we're having on teams that people I'd never identified as up and coming in admin roles or in other parts of the organization are suddenly appearing and pushing boundaries and driving change and reviewing things that aren't management leadership, team leader led. We have quite a, a, a flat hierarchy and we've appointed practice leads and other people so you don't have to become a management to get um, authority and the ability to lead cross teams but it hasn't always been those people. It's been this really interesting hybrid world where having a culture that allows people to speak up and, and talk in an online format is almost the old water cooler or a long time ago <laughs> the old smoker out the back is by not mediating it, not trying to curate it, not trying to control it, you've actually ended up seeing a lot more open, fluid conversations. That's meant we've delivered telehealth services to some acquired brain injury people. We've been able to help out with some aged care facilities doing network and, and work for their people in care without having to be on site. There's been all these little, and I don't like the word pivots, but these little adaptations to our business that are just good people seeing opportunities and having a much more open way to talk about them. And, and just use them and go for them and give them a shot like a mentor-mentee for Brad. If they don't work, kill them early. Um, but you really can drive some quick change if you're willing to open your, open your ears and your eyes to screen and listen. Yeah, beautiful. So collaboration on steroids. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. But before we do wrap things up, if you could give up-and-coming leaders or even yourself as a young up-and-coming leader three top tips... Brad, what would be your three top tips to give to yourself or to other leaders who are looking to learn and grow themselves? So I think, Ali, the, the first one is really uh, what I said earlier, which is you don't need to have all the answers. Be prepared to listen and you'll find, uh, find the gold nugget out there. Uh, that's certainly the first one. Always about communication. Whenever you whenever you're facing either a crisis or things aren't working in your business, the first thing you do is, have I been clear enough in 
setting out my expectations or has the business been clear enough about what's expected of me? The first thing you'll hear in a crisis is, well, we don't know what's going on because no one's telling us what to do. The whole repeated challenge throughout my career has always been around communication. Yep. You know, particularly with certain teams we used to have week, you know, if we have weekly or a daily meeting and everyone's like, yeah, things are going well. Oh, things are going well. Let's not have the meetings now. Let's push them out to weekly or monthly. And then all of a sudden within two or three months, people are going, you know, identifying issues and problems and you can trace it back to the moment where you started to decrease your communication. So you know, I think everyone here today has talked about the daily meeting, the critical 15 minutes to focus on key issues of the day, not self-indulgent stuff. But uh, So I could say to people, definitely keep that up. That's the most important thing you can do as a leader. That will never change. That will never go out of fashion. How you choose to engage the communication will, but that's just a golden rule. And then I'm probably, I mean, there's so many, Ali. Uh, I'll, I'll say this in terms of you could probably look at my hair now. It's getting a little bit... <laughs> right, but, I'm really enjoying today because uh, my view, and I like the whole 360 degree feedback piece, that's something that I engage in. We don't push that in the organisation. I'm one of the few people who do it, uh, both informally. I've, I've approached people within my team or within my direct reports team, given them permission to tell me the truth, all those sorts of things. You're never too old to learn. And I'm really getting some great tips out of today's conversation from the panel here. So you just don't need to think that at some point in your career, I've got all the answers. Be prepared to talk to people, learn, take the ideas, reshape them, or as Clint says, you know, call them for what they are. I've got this from here. I think transparency and, yeah, so finally my last one is transparency, which goes through to how we've also dealt with our crisis at one of our stores. And I like, I think it was Clint who talked about the, um, the 12 rules help you under pressure. We have a senior leadership team. We set up a, a, a team creed or a team, um, you know, kind of statement that reflects that when you're under pressure, and we've done this through some of our management studies, you see these behaviours, uh, undesirable behaviours appear in leaders when they're under pressure. So this team creed or, or whatever we want to call it reminds people in a crisis of how to do that. And, and the key thing is transparency. And on the side, a little bit, which I've, uh, it's just a bit of a hobby horse of mine. I like someone, uh, we said about, you know, I don't like the fact that there are people out there profiteering in a crisis. They're using this as a great opportunity to jack prices up, stop their promotions, all that sort of stuff. I'd say to all of you out there who deal with customers, customers are not stupid. They can tell what you're doing very, very quickly and you lose them forever. So resist the temptation to profiteer in a crisis. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, no, there's some absolute gold nuggets there. So if you didn't have a chance to write those down, we'll recap at the end and I'll I'll send this out. But I think, you know, something that you hit on, and this is certainly something we practice at Made For More, and one of my beliefs is that you're never too old to learn. So where continue, continual learning, I think, is the key to life and, and being able to manage through a crisis and manage yourself and manage your teams is always, always learning. There is no end to it. Uh, so, Clint, your top three tips, if you could go back in time and tell yourself or any upcoming leaders that you would like to share your top three tips with. 
It's funny, Brad probably had similar issues as me. I, I've probably got about 400 tips for leaders. and Your top three. You know, you, you, then you, you, I, because I'm so competitive, I'm like, well, I want my top three to be the best. But um, <laughs> That's why so, you're not going last. <laughs> so, Alexi uh, can come home strong and make us all look horrible. Uh, the, the, the first thing that came to mind and something that I've really been focused on for the, at least probably 24 months is to don't outsource your judgment. Now, that doesn't mean don't listen to people and, and it doesn't mean don't take advice. Obviously, Brad mentioned before about using your ears and your mouth in the same ratio that they have been given to you and that's something I have a massive issue with. And obviously, as you know, Ali, I have a coach that's helping me with such things. But when, like I recently bought uh, another business and I was given a lot, of, a lot of advice from people that are very intelligent that I pay a lot of money to give me advice and for a period I took their advice and, and against my judgment did something that I wasn't happy with and it caused a lot of anxiety and it got to a point where I just had to make my own, my own calls. And if you're a leader, especially if you're, you're the actual owner, if you're the owner, it's, it's all on you. So you better be comfortable with your decisions. If you're a leader, you've been put in that position because people believe in you and they trust you. So they want you to make your decisions. So make your decisions, like don't outsource your judgment. Yeah, so that's, that's number great. one. Yeah. I had transparency as a note before Brad, Brad obviously stole that one off of my notes. Well, but that's already taken um, now. Yes, yeah, so I won't use yeah. that one. But um, <laughs> it was very much about empowerment and delegation. I think that uh, something that I struggled with a lot when I was a younger leader, especially when I was leading people that were older than me, is that I struggled with, I guess, communication with them, but delegating to people above me from an age standpoint or a time in the organization standpoint. The same situation, if it's your business or you've been put in a position of leadership, there's a reason that you're there. And so you, I think people need to be comfortable to empower the staff that they lead and then also delegate to them and then just trust that it's been done. Too many people worry about delegating a task to someone and then following it up. I delegate so much every day and I never follow it up. And if 10% of it doesn't get done, I don't care. Like it's just, we're moving so fast and we're moving forward and we just have to, I have to let some stuff fall off sometimes. So I can't worry about it. Otherwise I'll go crazy. Um, and then the third one's probably in line with the values. So um, I think if it's really important to set a clear values for your company and, and what you expect from your people, clear direction for where the company is going and then communicate that regularly. And that's something that we, we didn't do well at the start. We do now. It was interesting. Alexi mentioned before that they don't have sales targets. Is that, you don't have KPIs around sales? No, nothing individual. We, we have some organizational targets, but okay, uh, so we don't no, either, nobody yeah, has a single target. So we don't have individual targets either. We only have company, company targets and everyone gets bonus based on the company success. And if your company doesn't hit the numbers, yeah. So I was like, well, that's interesting. No, no. We, so we have the targets. We communicate them daily and we have a similar stand-up meeting where we communicate them daily so that we can succeed together. So I guess communicate your values and your targets and your requirements clearly and regularly would be my third tip. Beautiful. I love that. My mother used to always say, you've got two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. Yeah, I think my mum did too, but I never listened. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And I think you mentioned here about setting your clear values for your, uh, for your organisation or yep. your team. But I think something, and I know that you do this already, is actually setting some clear values for yourself. So what do you stand for as a leader yep. and what do you stand against as a leader? And, yep. and, you know, how does that drive your own integrity and how you, how you perform in your role? Yep. Love it. Thanks, Clint. And um, Lex, your top three to young Alexi or any upcoming wow. leaders? Well, thanks, Clint and Brad. I'm going to try to take a slightly different tack and focus on individual kind of pieces here rather than organisational leadership in building yourself up for wherever you go. Look, the first one's very similar to where Brad started is stay human and humble. 
one of my mentors when I first came into real senior leadership as a CE, I remember speaking to him and he said, the crazy thing you're going to see is with the change of title, all of a sudden you're the smartest person in the room. And I asked, what does that mean? And he said to me, he goes, well, you're not, but a lot of people will act like you are. When you say something, they won't question it. They will go and do it. You may be looking for them to question you, but if you move to that world where you start making statements or you speak early, you're not the last to speak, um, people will take a perception of, well, this is the CEO, this is the senior leader, they're the smartest person in the room and they go. But we're not. We're just different people. Uh, we've got a different career path. We've had different education and we think maybe in different ways. But really maintain that humility and be willing to ask questions. And sometimes after the meeting, probe people for those questions if you feel like they've just listened and done what you said. It's not a great place to be if that continues because you will make mistakes and no one will pick you up on them until they're too late. That's number one. Number two for me is a little bit of that create, make sure you're comfortable with who you are as a leader and where you wanna go. I don't have a book that I refer to. I have a series that I've read, um, but a lot of, as I was making a decision to apply for a senior CEO role years ago was, what don't I want to be as a CEO? And I had a, a few real key guidelines for myself. One was, I don't want to live up to the old story of it's lonely at the top. I'm a person who needs relationships with my teams and with suppliers and partners. And so I've made a decision to continue that way for better or worse, to deal with the challenges as they come. But I was comfortable that was who I wanted to be. I didn't want to be the aloof CEO in an office that everyone was scared of. Now, that was my view, but I would suggest that you think hard about that next career opportunity, whatever seniority is, and go, right, is it for me? Or am I doing it because somebody else thinks I should do it? I've been talking to one of my mentees recently who's in a finance management role who's been looking at a career path of CFO. Now, I wasn't in a finance path, um, and so we've had a lot of conversations around, do you really know what that role means? What type of CFO? Is it a strategic CFO that wants to then become a company secretary or is it a CFO that wants to just be in a bigger organisation? Actually, let's go and find a few people in the market through CPA Australia or through CFOs that you can have a mentor relationship with and really understand that before you push yourself there. Getting promoted or pushing yourself to a point of failure is, is never going to be happy and healthy life in the end of it all. And the third one is, I guess, a little bit of a, a challenge for the people who may not be as extroverted as everyone else, is take the opportunities when they're presented to you and say yes. It's not fake it till you make it. It's not, uh, it's not as flippant as that. But I was talking to another, not a formal mentee, but somebody who took me out for lunch and asked me a question about why, uh, how they would get to their next step because they wanted to be a CEO. And I was able to pinpoint an exact position with them. And I said, look, I was in a conversational thread with you couple of months ago and somebody invited you to speak at a conference small conference in Adelaide in a startup community and your answer was oh no look I'm going to come along but I'm not sure that everyone will want to hear what I've got to say so I'll be there and if you want to ask me questions great and I turned back to him and I said look if you want to be the CEO when somebody invites you to that through all levels of discomfort say yes find your story some people will get value from it some people won't but take those op opportunities that is awesome. I love that. Lex, do the things that scare you. I, uh, I live yeah. by that as well. If it makes yep. me feel a little bit nervous, I am there. What was interesting is there's actually a common thread that all three of you had around finding people, you know, find your tribe. They, there's that saying around you, the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. And if those people can't give you the feedback and not the criticism, but, you know, be able to give you an, an insight into how you're behaving or performing, then you need to find a better 
some better five people. Ali, I think so. I'm just reading the chat, Derek. Um, that's that's a very good summary of that. You don't have to fake it. Just say yes and be vulnerable and listen to that feedback. People will respect you more for that than to try to put on a marketing position and, and create <laughs> something that you're not an expert in. Yeah. Beautiful. That's great. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. Definitely don't fake it till you make it. So that pretty much wraps us up. Thank you again. Thank you, Alexi. Thank you, Clint. Thank you, Brad. Sophie Here said, fantastic panel. Thanks, Sophie. You've been fantastic too. Thanks, Amy. That's awesome. But thank you so much for your time today. I've really appreciated it and really enjoyed getting to understand sort of what makes you tick from a leadership perspective and hearing how all of these things that you're doing in your own businesses and how you're doing them in real life. I think it's great. Thanks for your top tips. I'll email those out to everyone if you're happy with that. If you just wanted to say goodbye, Tony, thank you. Yes, say goodbye to everyone and I will wrap these things up. So thank you all. Thank you, Ali, and thanks everyone for being here. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.